Welcome to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. I'm Josh Elledge, founder and CEO of UpMyInfluence.com. We turn entrepreneurs into media celebrities, grow their authority, and help them build partnerships with top influencers. We believe that every person has a unique message that can positively impact the world. Stick around to the end of the show, where I'll reveal how you can be our next guest on one of the fastest growing daily inspiration podcasts on the planet in 15 to 20 minutes. Let's go. Ryan Sprance, you are the founder and chief strategist at Kaiatsu Media. You're the producer of the social uh, movement, uh, which we'll talk about. And as well, uh, you are also co-founder and managing partner of Awestruck. So there's three different things we got to get to in around 15 minutes time. So here we go. First off, kind of start off, maybe talk about how you went from corporate America to founding Kaihatsu. And then, uh, spoiler alert, how you were able to scale that agency to knocking on the door of seven figures now, or you, you will hit seven figures this year. Uh, and you've basically done that in, I think, if I'm looking at the timeline, just over a year, really, of when you really started hustling. So uh, obviously, I think there's a, there's a lot to learn here. Sure. Great. Well, thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, so absolutely. I'll, st- I'll start with, uh, with corporate America. I spent you know, a little over 20 years in corporate America, you know, started out in, in retail and, and worked my way up from, you know, a stock boy at the Gap uh, to, you know, where I've, I ran as many as 500 stores on the operation side for T-Mobile. And, and I also worked for Apple. So, you know, kind of working through corporate America and really always felt that, you know, that was the calling for me, that I'd want to build my career in corporate America. But, you know, be- became increasingly frustrated with the lack of ability to be creative and to do things kind of outside the corporate model. I think, you know, for a while, I'd, I'd get a, a nice size team and my own business unit that I would run. And I would really try to focus on kind of building a culture within that. But ultimately, the culture is the culture of the company and not one that I've created. So uh, I've always had a sort of a passion for entrepreneurship and and really developing my own you know, product lines and developing my own uh, audiences. Um, while working for Apple, I, I fell in love with uh, the digital media space. There was a, an app called Flipboard, which is still in existence. It was actually the very first app that was developed specifically for the iPad. It had very, yeah. has very cool technology where, you know, when you flip a page, it looks like the page is actually flipping. And um, the, the concept behind that was that you'd put all your feeds into it and your social feeds, and then you'd be able to go to one app every day and find all your information. Well, as you know, uh, Facebook and, and other uh, platforms shut down the API, they had to get creative. So they offered the opportunity to so, quote unquote, create your own magazine by curating content. And I did that with uh, a men's magazine called The Stylish Man. And I honestly did not do it to gain an audience. I just did it for fun. And then realized that I started to gain an audience and then needed to kind of shift my mindset from I'm, I'm curating this for myself to I'm curating it from an audience and um, built that to, you know, over 52 million views. Um, a friend of mine said, hey, you, what you do is very visual. You should focus a little bit on Instagram. So I poured myself into Instagram and, and spent 15 hours a day really trying to understand that platform uh, wow. was really to be able to, to build a, an audience on two separate accounts of, you know, over a hundred and I think combined about 300,000 fans, then figured, you know what, I need to do this again to another platform. And I did it with Pinterest to really understand what those algorithms look like. 
Um, and, you know, we have about 2 million monthly viewers on Pinterest. And, and I realized I had all of these media assets and I was driving traffic to basically everyone but myself. Uh-huh. I really understood that I needed a hub. So I, we created, you know, the stylishman.com website. Um, and as we're building that, brands would, you know, pay me as a quote unquote influencer, you know, to, to not only model product, but then also to kind of talk about the product on our site. But through those conversations, brands constantly would ask, you know, how do you build a following and how do you build an audience? And I would give right. some tips and then I stopped giving tips. And I said, you know, you hire me and I, and I do it for you and kind of f- fell into like the consultant role. And, you know, we landed our first client in, uh, I want to say March of 2016 uh, for an influencer campaign. It was a sneaker company. They, they hired us to, for 5,000 bucks to go out and find influencers. And since we were already in the, the I was already in the men's space and had a lot of, you know, mm-hmm. relationships with people. It was pretty turnkey for me to go out and you know engage with those people, um, and then kind of went dormant for a while. We did that project; it went dormant. Um, got one social media client at a thousand dollars, and then you know started to think, hey, maybe I want to do this a little bit more full time. And you know, I was in a corporate job that uh, paid very well that I absolutely hated. I had no passion for it. I had no passion for the people I work with, and, and certainly for the product. Um, so I really spent most of my my brain power thinking about my own uh, projects and my own agency and uh, had plans to quit my job at the end of May 2018 when, lo and behold, uh, they found out that I actually had another uh, side hustle, so to speak, and mm-hmm. I was uh, I was fired from my job. So um, oh, it was probably gosh. the most interesting firing for them um, because I walked out of there all smiles and couldn't be happier. It was May 1st, 2018. Um, it was a 72 degree day, the nicest day of the year. I walked out, uh, called a client, went to a, a co-working office space and never looked back and, and really started to focus 100% on kind of building my agency from that point. So that was May 1st of 2018. Wow. Well, that's, so uh, then you have relationships. Um, and so you then want to, you have this experience of working with doing one influencer campaign. Um, and so I guess, how do you say, okay, I'm going to really make a go at this and kind of ex- explain client acquisition, how you manage that. Yeah. Uh, Cause again, going from kind of zero to 60, you know, at the sure. level you are, um, that's sure. definitely going to present some challenges. And, um, you know, I guess, how are you having all those conversations? What is your offer? Uh, how do you grow sure. that? Yeah, sure. So it, it went from initially just a, you know, hey, we'll manage your Instagram account because it's something clearly we knew how to do. Um, and it was like, we'll focus on developing and building your organic uh, following and your content. And, you know, I was uh, connected by a, a friend of mine from many years ago who actually is now my partner in the Awestruck business, who was also in the digital media space, but he was on a very different side of digital media than, than the organic. He was on the, you know, Google ads and uh, data harvesting side. And, you know, he has reached out and said, hey, we're actually going to pitch this this one particular resort. Um, would you like to join us? They, they talked about needing some social support. So I kind of put a deck together and went into that meeting and approached it as, you know, me sort of uh, coming on board as a consultant, um, got that one client. But then from that point, um, we really have no solid sales process. I mean, we've done, went mm-hmm. in and with the focus of doing very good work, 
And by doing that, you know, a couple things would happen. You know, we would get an additional, you know, resort or a recommendation from somebody who worked there. Somebody who was worked at that resort would leave and go to work at another property. And then they would call us and bring us in. And it kind of started to, to you know, grow from that point. But I, I think for me, the biggest distinction, right, is to ha- in order to do this, in order to scale in a way um, like you need to scale is... If I was originally approaching it as a one-man sort of consultant operation, and I actually hate the word consultant. I don't know why. I just think it's right. I think it's significantly like less than what it is that we do. And I wanted to approach it as how do I build an, an, a multifaceted agency where I'm not the uh, the person that has all the answers. And and you know for you know a few months I tried to do everything myself, and I found myself you know, up, you know, two, three o'clock in the morning, trying to respond to comments on people's Facebook pages. And I said, you know, this is just the wrong way to go. So, you know, I, I brought on a full-time person and then really had an opportunity to step back a little bit and say, what are the service offerings that are complementary to what we do on social? How can I add additional people on the team and really take, you know, the funds that we're, we're getting to invest it back? Um, and then try to essentially sort of step out from the role of, of the actual doer to more of someone who leads, you know, the, the orchestra overall. So um, for me, it was about really trying to invest in people. You know, we've, we've added, you know, a director of operations, a creative director, a head of web development, a chief operating officer. We've added people that are talented and that can step in and kind of pull some of these projects. Um, and, and they're really sort of approaching it is, you know, what if like, you know, why do I have to stay in this sort of mo- small mindset? Um, as a consultant, you can never really go on vacation. You know, you can't really get sick yeah. or any of those things, but you always have right. to be available. So I wanted to build something more sustainable that had much more legs and then potentially be an acquisition target at some point down the road. Yeah. How do you make those connections with potential clients? So, I, you know, I would say I've been fortunate enough to, um, to be referred but then once we're referred, uh, my approach to every single pitch really comes down to, and it sounds, uh, this sounds rude, but it's not. The, the, the approach is I go in knowing that I actually don't need the business. And if I approach it that way, I'm 100% more honest which, with where they are and where they need yeah. to be. And I'm mm-hmm. okay to sit in front of a chairman of a, a company and say, your social media is ter- terrible and your paid ad strategy is weak and we, and here's how. And, and I, I think, you know, when you try to go into to business uh, meetings and you try to get the business, I, I think most people don't have that sort of mindset. So if I approach everyone like that, where it's like, Hey, I, it's not going to make or break my day. You know, you're not going to spoil my day if I don't get, get the work. Um, I come across, you know, much more authentic and really give them some strategies that they need. Yeah. I, I, I have experienced that in my life where you go in and, and you don't, I mean, it's, it's hard at the beginning if you truly do need the business, but it's such, it is really such a huge shift when I remember one client in particular we got, um, you know, ended up being thirty, $40,000 client. And, you know, I got the client because I posted on social media, I have no room for more clients. <laughs> and he <laughs> responded to that. 
Okay, now I want to be. He's part like, of the wait a minute! I didn't even know. You know, I didn't even know what you did. You do this, and you're not taking clients. Can you take me? And yeah. I said, I don't know. You know, we'll, we'll have to chat. But I, I am so maxed out right now. But we could chat. <laughs> and yeah, so, it's, so and we've we've taken on. Don't get me wrong. In, in the early stages, I took on the most ridiculous clients. Like I mean, we had yeah. some of the craziest projects. I, I I'm embarrassed to even tell you some of the things that we took on. And you try to crowbar yourself into it and say, here's what we yeah. can do. We can do that. Yeah, we can do that. And, and I, I think the other big distinction for people out there listening that sort of want to scale that business is, and, and as you go from that consultant mindset to the agency mindset of how do I scale it a bigger way, everyone always struggles with price. How do, what do I charge? What do I charge? Right? Like that, I don't want to charge too much because if I charge too much, then they won't sign me on. But if I charge too little, then I won't like doing the work. And I think the, the, the big distinction in your brain has to be the type of client you go after. You have to go after the clients that can afford your service and will benefit from your service. And I think very early yeah. on, I went after clients that were quote unquote, you know, emerging brands, which is, which is yeah. code for poor. You know, and if it, comes, <laughs> if it means the person is going to pay me monthly or they're going to make their mortgage payment because they're making leather wallets in their garage. I actually don't want that level of pressure. You know, I would much rather go after the bigger clients that understand that they need help in the space, right. but the, you know, six or $9,000 that a month that they pay you as a retainer is not a make or break amount of money. I think that's mm. really a sweet spot. And, and then once you kind of make that jump in your head, it's a lot easier to have those conversations and be confident about the price that you charge. Mm. Well, and then certainly a brand at that size, six to $9,000 monthly. I mean, that's, that, that's a big difference than an emerging brand is going to hear six to $9,000 and they're probably going to, you know, like, okay, like, I'm yeah. in the wrong room. You're yeah. that level. Yes. Yeah. And, and you, and you know, if you, it depends on what, who you want to be. I mean, I've approached this as I want to be a world-class provider of this service. Mm. So I don't have a rate card. You know, people have said, hey, send me your rate card. And no, yeah. the way we approach it is we have a discovery session to see, are you the right client for us? What it is mm -hmm. that you need? And then from there, we'll, we'll back into what is the appropriate services and what would that cost if you work with us? And um, yeah, so that's, that's, that's a, a big change as well as you try to scale. You know, Ryan, um, as I look at your social media, your, your Instagram is just absolutely incredible. And I, you know, we're, I feel like, like we've got about 15,000 followers on social or on Instagram. Um, it, it's, it's not been one. I, I just don't feel like we've gotten into the right groove, uh, on our own Instagram for up my influence. Mm -hmm. And, um, I feel like, I don't know if we need, a, you know, we need to really just hone in on a theme or, you know, I, I just, I feel like we're just kind of sharing the same, you know, or we're sharing inspirational images. I, I don't know. I just, I feel like I, I could use some help. <laughs> sure. What would you recommend if you were me? Uh, you know, obviously, you know, we're teaching a lot about authority and influence and, you know, we have a platform and we want to serve a big audience. Generally, you know, we're serving, um, you know, a smaller client, um, you know, they're uh, wanting to get up to six figures or they're at six figures and beyond. So mm -hmm. what would you do if you were me? Yeah. So I, I think the, the biggest thing with Instagram is that you, you really need to be able to put people, uh, put yourself in a position where people can discover you. I think what most people do is they create content and just hope that people are going to come to them. It's like opening the, the most beautiful hotel in the world, you know, in a desert, 
You know, if no one knows it's there, it doesn't matter how yeah. beautiful it is. No one's going to come. So, you know, uh, the real strategy in today, and, and it gets more challenging every day, right? Because the organic reach is dropping and it's dropping, you know, as, as a, um, you know, that's, a, that's typical when it comes to sort of a Facebook company. They let you mm -hmm. build up that audience, then they mm -hmm. start to pull back so that you, you start to spend more money. And that's how, the, you know, they drive their revenue. Um, but, but really putting yourself in a situation where people can discover you. So it's not only using hashtags, but spending time actually go out and engaging with other people that are following pages that are similar to yours. You know, if we look at, you know, another uh, another brand that you're like, hey, this is our sort of aspirational point we want to get to. Let's say it's somebody who does what you do, but they're in the two million follower mark. You know, if you read through their comments and they've got 400 comments and you start engaging authentically with those people and giving them advice, you have a much better chance at people going, well, who is this guy? Let me pop over and take a look and, and start to follow you. But that's an investment. It's an investment in time and it's an investment in resources. And, you know, you really have to look at, you know, what your overall strategy is. I will say that Instagram is a very solid strategy. You know, certainly if you get over 10,000 followers, because you now you can use the swipe up to drive mm -hmm. people to your hub. Um, you know, there's, so there's a lots of things you can do. But I think that the, the simplest term in the time that we have here is really to be able to, you know, create um, more authentic conversations with people in that niche by going out and engaging. So but just by doing that, you're showing people that you exist. Great. So tell me about the work now that you are doing with Awestruck, which is your, your newest project. Yeah, so um, uh, Awestruck is a combined agency. Uh, we call it a merger of talents um, between two companies, uh, Kaihatsu Media and 212 Group. Uh, 212 Group is founded by uh, two gentlemen, uh, Dave Marcy, uh, who I worked with 20 years ago at World Wrestling Entertainment, which is actually World mm -hmm. Wrestling Federation at the time. Uh, yeah. and, uh, and that uh, ace, we call him Ace Collins, um, who has spent a lot of time in the, the media buying and digital spaces. And uh, the work that they do on the data harvesting side and the paid Google side is like nothing we've ever seen before. And, and we actually partner with them uh, on several clients. And any, anywhere we do the social organic and the social paid, and they do the data harvesting and, and display in Google, we see a significantly better return on ad spend just because they know how to drive quality traffic. Um, and through the, the constant partnerships, we realize that if you look at all of the services we offer combined, we, from soup to nuts, it's everything from web development all the way through, you know, the conversion phase. Um, we've got a great opportunity to provide brands, uh, specifically in the travel, tourism, hospitality, and entertainment space, um, with a complete uh, product and uh, really helping brands develop a, a very solid digital footprint. So, um, you know, the, we're we're really excited about the project. You know, they've got, uh, you know, about nine people on their team and, and I've got about the same. So we're really merging those two talents together to provide an unbelievable, unprecedented digital experience uh, for our clients. Amazing. Great. Well, Ryan, um, and what would be your biggest advice to other agencies uh, that, uh, you know, they're, they're doing okay, uh, but they really want to hit that next level? Mm-hmm. Is it is it a mindset? Uh, uh, is it an operations? 
uh, you know, pursuit or what, what, what would you advise? Yeah, so I, I think the, the most interesting thing that I, I learned in the last year and a half is uh, just about sort of staffing, right? I, I, most people don't admit they need help in, mm-hmm. until it's too late. And the, yeah. by the time an entrepreneur admits they need help, you know, they're at the risk of losing everything. And, and that is sort of a real statement. And I even, even recall myself in that position where I hired someone and then didn't give them any work. And they're like, you got to give me something to do. And I'm like, well, I have to do this or I have to do that. And the reality is, is you really don't. And I think if you can make that investment early on from, from an operational perspective to try to get out from the doing and the day-to-day and start to focus more on client acquisition and whether that's through more conversations, it's through creating content, which you can then share where more people will see that content, like your LinkedIn post about not taking more clients. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that's an important piece for people make that mental shift to go from I'm a consultant, you know, to I'm a a full service agency that provide and even if full service means I do one thing. And that one thing is, you know, we help people build podcasts or something, whatever it is that it is for you. Um, just try to get step out of the day to day as much as you can, so you can focus yeah. more on that growth aspect. Is that that's the the one piece of advice I'd say one you know, one largest piece of advice I'd have. Yeah. Well, Ryan Sprantz, you're the founder and chief strategist at Kaihatsu Media, uh, and that is on the web. And it, could you spell that for us? Sure. It's K A I H A T S U media.com kaihatsu uh means develop in japanese actually when i worked for uh apple um apple has this unique program where they hire about 200 people a year uh you know that are kids right out of college but you know from the best schools in the world they get about 60,000 applications and they select about 200 of them and they put them through this leadership program that lasts two years and at the end of two years you know they they give them they offer them a, a position uh, as a leader uh within apple and um, so it's a really prestigious program. I had the unique good fortune of running that program for New York. And when I did, I was trying to find a way to kind of pull content together through the iPad, whether it was like Ted talks or all other things that were educational. And yeah. at the time I had, a uh, you know, an assistant that, uh, that spoke Japanese. And I started to think about, you know, what's the culture in the world that has the highest standards when it comes to development and, and product and it's the Japanese. And I, and I looked at her and said, Hey, how do you say, you know, develop in Japanese? And she said, Kaihatsu. I said, that's great. And I, I tried to, to pitch it to Apple to kind of take on this Kaihatsu program. It, it fell flat. They never liked it. Tim Cook never liked it. Uh, so when it came time for me to name my company, I dusted it off because it makes so much sense for yeah. us because we develop relationships and partnerships and brands. Well, Ryan Sprantz, again, thank you so much. Again, founder and chief strategist at Kaihatsu, co-founder of Awestruck. Uh, you're involved. We didn't even get, we, we've run out of time. You're involved in a, in, in a program that's going to be appearing on Amazon Prime called The Social Movement. So I would imagine if folks follow you on social media, I'm sure you'll clue them in on when that publishes, when that goes live. Yes, for sure. Awesome. Ryan, thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to The Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest. Now, if you've got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. Now, if you do that, tag us with the hashtag 
up my influence. Each month, we scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. We pick one winner from each platform, and you get crowned king or queen of that social media. Now, what do you win? Well, we're going to promote you and your business to over 120,000 social media fans, totally free. Now, can you also hook us up? Now, in your podcast player right now, please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill that mission. And while you're at it, hit that subscribe button. You know why? Tomorrow, that's right, seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. 15 minutes a day. Now, my name's Josh Elledge. Let's connect on the socials. You'll find all the stuff we're doing at upmyinfluence.com. Now, thanks for listening, and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement. Mm-hmm.